Hey folks, it's Mike from Profiling Evil. I've been studying criminal behavior for more than 40 years, and one of my favorite research tools is Truthfinder. It's online, and you're not going to believe the information stored there. So if you want to know more about that new neighbor, your babysitter, or your online date, give Truthfinder a try. I'm including a special link below with special discount pricing, but you got to click the link and enter Evil 10 at checkout. Now, we're an affiliate, which means we get a small commission, but you can cancel at any time. Violent criminal acts that are committed by individuals and groups who are inspired by foreign organizations or nations are international terrorists. Domestic terrorists commit the same kind of carnage in the homeland, but their ideological goals stem from domestic influences like politics, religion, social or racial influences. Their concerns might be legitimate, but their method of gaining attention is criminal. Let's talk about terrorism. Welcome to Profiling Evil Academy Season 3, and this episode on terrorism. Now, if you're one of my university students or a Profiling Evil channel member, thanks so much for your support and welcome back. If you're new to our channel, we welcome you and we wish that you'd take a moment and hit the like and subscribe button so that you get all of our notifications on videos like this one, especially as they're released. Now, protecting our countries from terrorist attacks is the number one priority of every federal agency worldwide. These legitimate governments work closely with their partners to neutralize terrorist cells operatives, and other extremists who work against the country and you and me. The goal is to dismantle extremist networks worldwide and cut off financial or other forms of support to these criminals. In the United States, the Federal Bureau of Investigations maintains an agile approach to the terrorism threat issue, which has continued to evolve since the September 11th terror attacks. Now, all of us can probably remember where we were when that first plane hit World Trade Center. Years after these attacks, the threat has expanded considerably, and international terrorism remains a serious threat. The threat of domestic terrorism also remains persistent overall, with actors that cross the line, those that are maybe exercising free amendment protected rights, to those that are committing crimes in the furtherance of violent crime agendas. So let's look at some of the factors that have contributed to the evolution of terrorism on both the international and the domestic front. And I want to start with the lone offender. Now, terrorist threats have evolved from large group conspiracies toward these lone offender attacks. Lone offenders or lone wolf predators often radicalize online, and their journey from exposure to criminal acts can occur really quickly. Without a clear group affiliation, lone offenders are challenging to identify, investigate, or disrupt. Now, since 9-11, lone offender attacks have become more noticeable, and while the numbers still remain fairly small, The lone offender's identity has attracted increasing attention from policymakers and security officials. Currently, there's no solid profile for lone actors, 
Although they seem to have similarities with the violent offenders like school attackers. What does seem consistent, though, is that they plan and perpetrate violence, usually acting alone, and they seem to act out some perceived grievance that they have, rather than acting out of self-interest. Now, the internet and social media play a major role in supporting international and domestic violent extremists. There, they've developed an extensive presence through messaging platforms and online images, videos, and publications. The group has increased opportunities to radicalize and recruit other individuals who are receptive to their destructive messaging. In other words, they find people with like ideologies and bring them into the fold. They encourage attacks on their homeland or on a specific target. And some of these groups encourage their sympathizers to carry out simple attacks wherever they're located, if they can't find their way to join the bigger foreign ranks. So in other words, if you can't make it over here to our training place, then just in the name of our uh, ideology, go out and cause disruption. So the question for all of us becomes, how do we protect ourselves and how do we report suspicious activity? I think you'll be surprised how easily you can join in in this effort and protect your homeland, whether you're in the U.S. or somewhere else in the world. And some of the simplest ways to accomplish this are simply to remain aware of your surroundings and refrain from oversharing personal information. You've seen the placards and the advertisements that say, hey, if you see something, say something. Well, it's extremely difficult for law enforcement to identify and disrupt terror events without all of us weighing in when we see something that just doesn't look right. Chances are there's a good explanation for the bizarre thing that you're witnessing, but it's better to report it to law enforcement than to risk the chance of something much bigger happening if you don't. Think of the Oklahoma City bombing of the Murrah Federal Building. Imagine the difference if someone would have called police when that rental truck was parked out front and suddenly abandoned. Do you remember the case? It's back in 1995, April, a lone wolf terrorist named Timothy McVeigh parked a rental car in front of the Murrah building. Inside the truck was a massive homemade bomb, which detonated after McVeigh walked away from the vehicle. It destroyed the building and killed 168 people, including 19 children. More than 500 people were injured in the blast. Well, to combat this problem, law enforcement in the United States has created the National SAR Initiative. SAR stands for Nationwide Suspicious Activity Reporting. And the SAR process is incredibly easy. It, it's boils down to if you see something, say something. And the way you do it is you just call up and you describe specifically what you observed, including the who, the what. So who was it you saw? What did you see? When did you see it? Where did it occur? And why was it suspicious to you? Well, in addition to the tools and resources like the SARS report, there are other ways that government is working to protect our homelands. 
In the United States, we operate something called fusion centers. And the same thing exists throughout the world, but known by different names. I mean, I've, I've worked in these centers for a number of years and, and in the areas where they operate. Here in the United States, usually at the state or major urban area level. Their job is to collect, analyze, and share threat-related information with one goal, and that's to make our community safer. Well, that goal should be the goal that all of us have, and I hope that we'd all support that kind of concept, and I hope that this discussion will help you feel a little more confident in reporting anything suspicious to the proper authorities. You know, I remember sitting in a meeting with the major county sheriffs of the United States. We were in a meeting in uh, Washington, D.C., and then Vice President Joe Biden was speaking to this rather small group. I think there were about 15 of us in the room, and he was plugging the efforts of the federal government. I'll never forget as Sheriff Leroy Baca of the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Office pounded his fist on the table and pointed at uh, Vice President Biden and said, until the federal government realizes they're eating off the hoods of my police cars, we're not going to have collaboration and information sharing. Well, the room went silent. And then Sheriff Baca taught everyone in attendance an important principle. He reminded us that we have to recognize that all information, all intelligence, starts in the streets with people. People who aren't afraid to make a phone call to law enforcement about something that's troubling them. And then it requires law enforcement agencies that aren't afraid to share information with other stakeholders and together make a difference. So my question for all of you is, how do you feel about this initiative that teaches you if you see something, say something? Would you be willing to call in a suspicious circumstance knowing that you possibly could be reporting something that has a perfectly good explanation? (laughs) I'm going to be looking for your answer down below, and I hope you'll take time to read each other's answers and weigh in on it. Let's have some discussion. And I hope, folks, you're enjoying Profiling Evils Academy Season 3. We're discussing criminal behavior in deeper detail, and I hope you're taking time to hit that like and subscribe button and ring the bell so that you get notified on all of our videos. And don't forget to check us out on the World Wide Web at ProfilingEvil.com. And while you're there, sign up for our digital newsletter, The Bolo. And if you like podcasts, check out Profiling Evil Podcasts on your favorite podcast platform. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon at the next crime scene.
Hey folks, it's Mike from Profiling Evil. I've been studying criminal behavior for more than 40 years, and one of my favorite research tools is Truthfinder. It's online, and you're not going to believe the information stored there. So if you want to know more about that new neighbor, your babysitter, or your online date, give Truthfinder a try. I'm including a special link below with special discount pricing, but you got to click the link and enter Evil10 at checkout. Now, we're an affiliate, which means we get a small commission, but you can cancel at any time.